So it's an absolute honour to be here in Studio One uh, for the 50th anniversary of Coventry Hospital Radio. And with me now are two very important special guests who are here for our celebrations today. One of them is Garnet, who's one of the founding members of CHR. Hello, Garnet. Hello, how are you, Dan? I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Thanks for being here. I'm good. Oh, you're welcome. It's nice to be back after 11 years away. It's lovely to have you back. And uh, Barney here is a generation on into the 80s. You were here in the 80s. Well, I started in 1981 when I was 16. Uh, I thought that I was going to get paid for it. Didn't realise what volunteering meant, but it ended up being the place where I learnt my craft, ended up in the BBC, and I think this is the place where it started, where I flourished, and it's thanks to people like Garnet Matthews, Jim Lee, Reggie Oman, and people like that who took me under their wing Uh, to teach me everything about broadcasting so that when I went into the BBC as a trainee in 1986, I felt more confident than most of my colleagues, which included the mastermind presenter, Clive Myrie, who also does the 10 o'clock news. Sean Williams, who was on BBC Breakfast and now has got her own show on Radio 4. Uh, And um, who else would you know? Mark Coles, who does Profile on Radio 4. So all those people were, were the cohort where I joined the BBC in 1986. And it's thanks to Garnet, Matthews and people like that who took me under their wing and slapped me around metaphorically. (laughs) Uh, In those days, Dan, in those days, I couldn't pronounce words properly. So because I'm a working class kid from Coventry, I would say hospital radio instead of hospital (laughs) radio. Uh, And the, the funny thing is, is that People like Garnet and Reg would take me to one side and then they said, look, we need you to really slow down and deepen your voice a little bit. We need you to read slowly and we need you to enunciate. And that, that's a training that got me into the BBC. Wow, amazing that, isn't it? And, and I feel you because I work for the BBC as well and I'm very proud to volunteer for Hospital Radio alongside that. But if it wasn't for Hospital Radio... I echo your words. I just would not have that confidence to just go in and, and do it. And I think there's a real respect for hospital radio in the BBC, isn't there? You know, if you go in at that level. <laughs> yes, if you look at um, uh, 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 the media now, BBC and ITV, you find a majority of people started in a hospital radio somewhere. The hospital radio have always been um, the bed for, like, for people who wanted to go into the media. And, and long may that continue. Long Definitely. may that continue. Yes. So, Garnet, you were here for the very early days of Coventry Hospital Radio. What was it like back then? Very different. It was very different. Um, but that when we came in to, to do, I was asked to help out because in those days I used to, I used to do mobile discos and somebody at the disco I went to had to say that they were looking for presenters for for the for Comfort Hospital Radio, uh, but they didn't have any, anybody and they didn't know anybody who can do it. So I was invited to a meeting, came to a meeting, and there were seven of us, and we decided to start, to start it. So then we went to the hospital, which was the old war's grave at the time, just down the, down the side from here. And they agreed to help us, so we so we said the first thing we need is a room, and they looked around and they said, well, 
The only space we've got at the moment is a broom cupboard <laughs> next to the fridge wall. How many times does that happen? And the, the radio uh, station? We'll stick yeah, you in the broom cupboard. Yeah, uh, and it literally was a broom cupboard. Um, they went and took the brooms out. <laughs> and and replaced them with, with record decks back then, I would imagine. Well, well no, they, they, they didn't. The first um, broadcast equipment we had was my disco equipment. Oh, really? That we used for quite a while because we couldn't afford to buy the equipment at, at the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, hospital radio started when there was an American gentleman who used to come to England twice a year because he was a city supporter. And one year when he came, he fell ill. He ended up in Warsgrave. And he, he was most upset because he couldn't get the results. So then when he, when he was released... He floated the idea of starting of starting hospital raid because in those days they had them in America, and, and that's how we started. I love that he came over from from the states, and here we are, you know, fifty years later, um, broadcasting from these wonderful studios. I mean, just being in the studio today, Garnet, it's really impressive how far it's come, isn't it? From the broom cover to it, this, it is from a single room. Half the size of this one, you've now got two, two studios, um, reception room, engineering room, and loads of records and computers. It, you know, we couldn't, have, we couldn't have imagined it being like this in those days. Do you feel very proud then as, oh, as the yeah. founding member? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, uh, saying that I wasn't the only one, there were lots, lots of other people who, who've been, uh, from then till now, who've added a bit and improved and improved up to what it is now. It's a team effort, isn't it? Definitely. Is. Definitely. And how about you, Barney, as, as an 80s kid? I'm sure the studios are very different back then as well. Oh, well, it? so we operated on two floors by the time I arrived. One was next to the telephone exchange and one was down on the lower ground floor yeah. just around the corner from where the shop was. And um, my story started when I was 14, so two years prior to that. And my mother was in hospital having her gallstones removed. And uh, I, as a kid, thought, oh, this looks good. So I walked in there and said, I'm here. How much are you going to pay me to present a programme? And Garnet, you want to say something now, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I can't think of anything broadcast at the time to what I said to you. So, <laughs> so, so, so you go on. <laughs> so so um, they, said, Come, they said politely, uh, less politely, come back in two years' time. So I waited for two years, came back here, and there was a training programme. And it took you from point A to ward visiting, which I absolutely adored. I loved going on the ward the and talking thing, and talking it? to people who are in hospital and collecting requests. I love that. But also, then they gave me a, a portable tape recorder called a Ewer. And we would go and interview people on the ward and then we would play a request for them. So I got that way. The other thing that they forced me to do was to put a demo tape together. Oh. A demonstration tape showing you how good you are, whether you're ready to go on air. I had to do one of those. <laughs> and, and, and wait yeah, for hard. Wait, wait for this, wait for this, <laughs> wait for this. So you put a 20-minute programme together. It was on a cassette at the time. The committee would listen to it and decide whether you were good enough. That still happens today. To get on the radio. <laughs> yes, yes. I had to go through the same process uh, when I joined in mm-hmm. 2013. And did you pass first time? I did. Oh, yes. yeah. Wow. So, so I was lucky as well. I passed first time. 
Um, and my first programme was on a Saturday night from 8 till 8.30. And it was called A Touch of Romance. And all I'd pay, play were love songs. Oh, wow. And it was half an hour. And I remember um, I timed it perfectly, the first record, was going to be the same as the one that launched Mercia Sound, the independent local radio station in 1990, which was This Is It. Um, and, I, and I timed it to perfection so that I could absolutely uh, not crash the intro, which is really important when you're presenting. And what happened was that I talked so fast, the 22nd intro, which would have fitted the melody lasted for about 10 seconds (laughs) and the mistake I made was that I tried to do it live I did it live if I'd have pre-recorded it the adrenaline wouldn't have been there and it was an object lesson for me in in sort of broadcasting that's the memories I have but the other memories I have of this place is the fact that we had access to all areas and also we had access to the Belgrade theatre so I met people who were up and coming stars and I was able to interview them and bring them back what here life. Yeah. and I was mm. able to review theatre and musicals oh it's just fabulous and bringing that to the patients as well you know that's gonna make their stay so much better and that's what hospital radio is all about and that will never change the patient will always be at the heart of that what do you think the future for hospital radio is it's hard to see at the moment um, but, but because things are changing so much. Um, in, in the days when I was involved, the health and safety wasn't as strict as it is now. So, so we, went under, we went under wars any time of day, any time of night, and we said it's not, but, but now you can't. Um, that we had lots of sponsors who sponsored us, but now the money isn't there. And the willingness of, of the people to do the programmes are still there. But, but things are different, and from what I've heard today, it's, it's, a, it's a lot harder for the young people now and, than it was then. But hopefully, hopefully things will change and we'll go back to, back to somewhere where us old boys, as we like to call ourselves, used to be, and, and used to enjoy, because people like yourself, young people like yourself, you, um, this is a good way of, of, um, of, of learning and, and dedicating your spare time to, to, to helping others who need to help. It really is. It I, really I, is. I think we can go further, Dan. Yeah. Um, people like me owe their careers to what used to be called Coventry Hospital Broadcasting Service and is now called Coventry Hospital Radio. In those days, we broadcast to eight hospitals in the Coventry area. Um, and people like me owe their living to it. So it's not beyond the wit of man that people like me find sponsors for this hospital radio station. In terms of raising funds, I know we're in the cost of living crisis, but £1,000 a year is nothing to a business person. Absolutely nothing. It is, uh, And the value that you get, the return on investment you get, the, so, the corporate social responsibility, the fact that you can write this off against tax... If there is any business person listening to this at the moment, please consider it because the enjoyment that patients get and the fact that you do something different, you're now on social media, you're now online, 
That never happened in our day. Reached so many more people, just like that. Yeah, and yeah. There isn't. There is, of course, BBC CWR, but in terms of community radio, and I would never diss the BBC because if you cut me open, the BBC, I, I, I run BBC. If if you were to sort of do that, you would have a genuine community radio station because it's about bringing what's outside in the city to hear. I remember interviewing Jimmy Osmond. Oh, wow. Hmm. In, from America here. Wow. Because I had worked for the BBC, I happened to have his phone number, and this is before <laughs> the days of GDPR. And I said, to him, I said to him, Jimmy, would you mind if I... I do a hospital radio programme. Would you mind if I were to interview you for hospital radio? Oh. Not a problem. And there were other people That's that I would so meet great. when I was in the BBC who I'd persuade to come on to hospital radio. Excellent, yeah. And we still do that today. We still get the big names in because, like I say, that respect for hospital radio will always be there. Well, listen, thank you so much, both of you. It's fascinating hearing your stories over the last 50 years. And here's to many more, right? Dan, all the very best. All the very best. Can I wish all the patients who are listening, every listener who's listening, a very happy birthday to the Coventry Hospital Radio. And may they enjoy another 50 years. And the same for me, and it's nice to know that something that I, I was involved in is still going, and it's still going strong. Excellent. Thank you both, and thanks both for being here today. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. 